strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Thanks for being here. Appreciate you spending some time with the show. We are uh, keeping with the Halloween theme this morning. I'm very surprised at what we've heard and what we haven't heard. I can't wait to hear what we're going to hear next. Um, want to talk about elections, and it's, this music may be appropriate for talking about this election season. Um, OH Predictive Insights is talking about races tightening and some of them actually expanding and going in the other direction. We will find out on Election Day what voters in Arizona actually are going to do. We know that President Obama, the former president of the United States, will be here in Arizona um, to rally for Katie Hobbs and for Mark Kelly. It's interesting that there are a lot of people that are frustrated on that side of the aisle that are saying, you know what, this is too little, too late. Uh, early ballots have already gone out. A lot, So many people in Arizona have already voted early, and here we're going to have um, – the former president be here when he should have come here a long time ago. I don't know if that's true or not. I'm not a Democratic voter. I'm just saying that that's part of what the party is saying. It's interesting that we don't have the president of the United States there. But I want to address something else in this, which is the political divide in America. And I guess it all depends on where you are. You know the old saying that sometimes you're too close to the forest to see the trees? And in this case, I would say to you that may be the issue. And I'm going to use my favorite analogy, which is sports, like I always do. Um, there was a time when if you went to Dodger Stadium, and I'm not making – I'm not a big L.A. fan, but I'm not making fun of anybody. Dodger Stadium was thought to be a dangerous place. There were an excessive amount of fights. The vast majority of people inside that stadium are peaceful people cheering for their team, whether it was a Dodger fan or anybody else. But there were enough people in that stadium – that were causing and looking for trouble. There were even fights and I believe severe injuries outside of the stadium between drunken fans of opposing teams that it started to taint the reputation of all of the Dodger fans and the Dodger organization needed to do something about it. It used to be that way also about Raider games, that Raider fans, there was a, there have been huge rivalries between the Raiders and, uh, um, the Broncos, for example, they got to be very, very heated. Way back in the day, the Browns and Bengals, the Browns and Steelers, um, the Ravens, that division is known as having a lot of very angry fans. Um, when I was uh, back, my first time, my first round of having season tickets, I was down in the field level in the corner of the end zone. And most of the time, the games were great. Everybody was nice to each other. You would even kind of high-five an opposing fan when something would happen. You would have poke fun at each other. But it never got out of hand until one game, the Buffalo Bills came into town. Again, this isn't a knock against fans. It was that game in particular that there were a bunch of young Buffalo Bills fans that were drinking pretty heavily, you know, the Bills Mafia, and they lost. They got they were getting blown out of the stadium in the first half. By the end of the first half, fights began to start. Now, did I hold every uh, Buffalo Bills fan accountable for that? No. My point is this. You can be so so closely engrossed to your side of the aisle that you hate the other side. And I'm I'm encouraging both sides to take a step back because I have people that I talk to that are uh, that are adamant but respectful, and they're on the left side of the aisle that are outraged at the behavior of Republicans causing all of this violence and the nonsense that's happening out there. And there is no acknowledgement of it happening on the other side of the aisle and the excuse making that happens. And to be 100 percent fair, there are a lot of Republicans out there that generalize the Democrats as evil. But it is so inside the inner circle. It is so – you are so close to the forest that you can't see the trees. 
And that's where the problem lies. When you get so emotionally invested into something like this, and we know it, whether it's our children, our spouse, any of our family members, I will tell you that I am, if you listen to me, this is pretty much what I'm like off the air as well. I'm pretty reasonable about things, unless you mess with my family. I'm not proud of it at all. Um, There was an incident when I was home visiting my nephew and my nieces and my brother and his wife and uh, and my mom. And there was an incident at a soccer field with a soccer coach where um, it almost it almost got a little physical. And, uh, you know, I'm not necessarily proud of it. I wasn't going to throw punches, but this guy was picking fights with people on our side of the field. And I was daring one of the parents to come over there and confront him. He'd come over here and say that to my face. And this parent wanted no part of it, which was the right thing for the parent to do. I mouthed off and said, I'll be happy to walk over there. So he dared me to walk over there, and I did, and he ran. So I'm not proud of it. I'm saying that I know where my emotional triggers are. I know where I get to a point where I can't step back and see it for what it is. And as you get older, you're supposed to be smarter at that stuff. Every one of us should be uh, um, should be very passionate about our political leanings. I certainly am. I hold my political ideals, and I hold them close. But what I can't do is automatically believe that because you're on the other side of the aisle, there's something wrong with you, that you're evil, that you're looking to cause trouble. But both sides do it. Both sides do it. The idea that somehow Republicans are the problem, this whole thing about MAGA and the president of the United States talking about these ultra MAGA, whatever they call them, Republicans are semi fascists and all this other stuff. There is so much proof on both sides of the aisle that both sides have their backyards to clean up with political division, violence and violent threats. Go look at what Antifa did. Go look at the Occupy Wall Street movement and the crimes that were committed within Occupy Wall Street. Go look at all the violence that happened at Black Lives Matter rallies. Do you want to tell me that the people that were at the core of that are the problem? Or are you talking about the fringe hanger-oners that come out there? So even if you don't agree with what I'm saying now, I'm asking you to take a step back and realize that there are people that disagree with you and disagree with you passionately that are not violent, they are not dangerous, and they are more of the mainstream of the both political parties. Think of a football stadium. Think of a football stadium. You got a football game going on and fans get into a fight. And the vast majority of fans would never do that. Baseball games. How many times have we seen baseball games where they get all of a sudden you've got a a, a brawl going on in the stands? It is still such a small number of the people in that stadium. Everybody there is a big enough fan that they spend a ton of money on tickets and drinks and food and probably the jersey they're wearing. So they're invested But none of them are there for a fight. And we've got to stop paying attention to the people that are. We have to stop making everybody out to be that. So if you're someone that goes to watch a ballot drop box and you're wearing tactical gear, you are the example of what everybody that is an election denier means. That's just not a fair characterization. It is not fair. There are many people out there, and I'm defending them when I don't agree with them. I'm not an election denier. Much to the dismay of a lot of people in my party, I stood up and said I thought our audit was the wrong way to handle it. And the way we did it was wrong. 
But when we start saying that all election deniers are like that or mostly like that, you're not correct. And I just hope people vote their conscience and we knock off the nonsense. That to me is the biggest thing. Knock off the nonsense. Coming up in a moment, um, we're going to talk about the Inflation Reduction Act and our economy and how importantly connected the two things are and what could be the next big thing to affect our economy. All that's coming up here in just a couple of moments. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Still gives me the creeps. This music still gives me the creeps. Um, I told a story. Were you here when I told a story about the, the movie theater last week? So when I was a kid, after this movie had been out for a while, when nobody was going to the theater to see it, my friends and I decided to go and see it. So it probably would have been the next spring. Took the bus, a bunch of 13-year-olds or whatever we were. And uh, four of us, uh, three of us and four girls were there, not together. That was it in the theater, about seven or eight people. And the movie starts, and this guy walks in, dressed like Michael Myers. Had the jumpsuit, the boots, the mask. He sits down in the front row, just sits there. So for about a third of the movie, and does not move. I mean, stares up at the screen. Complete, and we were freaking out, looking at each other and giggling, you know, like kids do. And all of a sudden, this dude jumped up and marched right up the middle of the aisle. And we lost our minds, jumping over seats and screaming. And he busted out the doors into the theater. And so we ran out after him, and he was gone. So I think it was somebody that worked at the theater pranking us. But it was one of the coolest pranks. I'll never forget it. It was pretty cool. Anyway. Happy Halloween from the Mike Broomhead Show. Enough reminiscing. Um, the President of the United States talked about the Inflation Reduction Act, claim, making claims that even Twitter called out. But there are some things that you need to hear. So here are a couple of headlines that I think are very important. Skyrocketing heating oil prices will leave some choosing between food, fuel, and heat. Maine residents warn. This is the other headline. Seriously low diesel supply threatens to worsen inflation. We in this country have uh, a low supply of diesel fuel because of our, a couple of things. The heavy oil that comes out of Russia, that is a part of it. And I'm going to give you know the, pre- the president and his, uh, his associates and the people that believe that are blaming the Putin price hike. There is some relevance here because of the heavy oil that's used in creating heating oil and, di- and diesel fuel. But the other part of this is our lack of ability to manufacture it, to refine it. And the reason that that's happening is because of the full frontal assault on the oil and gas industry. OPEC nations are saying that they believe we are going to have a very high demand for oil until mid-century, which is about, you know, 2050. Not 2035, where we are going to be energy independent. They don't believe that's possible. Neither do I, because of the electrical grid and everything else in this country, which means we are going, we have given away, we are giving away the ability to be energy independent until mid-century. It's dangerous. It's a dangerous time. The Russians cannot compete with us militarily. They know it. We know it. The world knows it. China, on the other hand, different story. But the Russians know they where they can level the playing field is in a couple of different places. One of them has been in what would be cyber warfare. That the if they weren't ahead of us in cyber warfare, it's very very close. The other problem here, or the other part of it, is um, when you look at 
um, what they are able to do with the price of oil and partnering up with OPEC nations and driving up costs. Because now, tomorrow, I believe tomorrow is when it begins, they are going to, the OPEC nations have agreed to decrease the production of oil by 2 million barrels per, per day, predicting a driving up of those costs of oil. And here we go again. Now you talk about the refining and diesel fuel. The problem I have is the demonization because people are predetermined. I talked about this earlier. People are predetermined. You have your opinions of who's to blame for whatever's going on in the world. And part of it is there are people out there that believe that capitalism is wrong. They have a mindset of that's too much money. No one needs that much money. Who needs to make that much money? Whether it's somebody, whether it's you don't like LeBron James, so you don't think he should make the amount of money he makes. You don't think that a CEO of a corporation make the amount of money that he or she makes because you don't like corporate America. But then where's your complaint about a movie star that commands $20 million a movie? How much money did Tom Cruise command for the latest uh, installation? Of Top Gun. And when you see how much money that movie made, and then you think to yourself, could it have made anywhere near that amount of money without Tom Cruise? The amount of money that he was paid for that movie doesn't seem to be too much, does it? Well, we could drive down the cost of movie tickets. We could pay people that are on the crew more money. You could pay some of the extra actors and bit parts in the movies more money if you reduce the amount of money you paid those people. But people don't say that. The demonization of success and wealth, I believe, is a problem, and it's a problem overall. There are greedy people. I think we should demonize greed, period. Demonize greed. I would say to you that if you're someone that thinks that the oil companies right now, if they wanted to be good Americans, could cut some of their profits, put the money back in the pockets of the American people, and maybe you'd be right about that. Maybe that would be a patriotic thing to do. Well, I would say to you that the federal government is taking in record revenue. And if the federal government wanted to ease the pain of the American people, they could have reduced or eliminated the gas tax. And there are you know what the federal gas tax is like. That would dramatically make a drop at the pump, but they haven't. And they've considered they've continued to make record revenue into the United States Treasury. We do not have an income problem in the US. We have a spending problem. So while the president of the United States goes out there and demonizes private industry, whether it's, you know, food growers or producers or oil producers or fuel producers, they're demonizing private industry. I believe the right message for the American people, especially our children, is work hard and you can achieve anything. We all love a story of someone that's come from nothing and has obtained great success. I also believe that if you chase wealth, you're doing yourself a disservice. I think wealth comes from excellence. I think when you are the best at something, wealth will follow. If you're the best electrical contractor in Arizona, you're going to be wealthy. If you are the best plumber, if you are the best chef, if you are the best wide receiver, whoever you are, if you are the best at it, if you are one of the elite at your craft, whether you're in PR, you're a lobbyist, you are a doctor, you are a lawyer, it doesn't matter what you are. If you are the best at it, wealth will follow. If you're chasing wealth, it doesn't seem – that's different. 
But if we tell kids, you sh- if you work hard, you can achieve that. You can do anything. That started with hard work and an idea. That's the American dream. Instead, what we do is we take people, and as soon as they achieve wealth, we demonize them without talking about the good things they do in this world. I think we're doing our kids a disservice when we do this. We should not be demonizing private industry. We should be motivating people to want to be more like them as far as their work ethic that made them successful. Coming up in a moment, um, we've got to talk about the border. The the border issue itself has always been an issue, but the latest accusation from the federal government about Arizona seems a bit absurd to me. So we'll explain what it is next. Values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. That's the one I've been waiting for. That's the one I've been waiting for. Thriller. With Vincent Price at the beginning. It's supposed to me. All right. During King LASIK's season of savings, LASIK Both Eyes is now just $3,500 with a $2,000 savings and 0% financing for 24 months on approved credit. LASIK with Dr. King is only $146 per month. Go to kinglasik.com slash Arizona for complete details. Just cha- This changed everything. Am I wrong? This video changed everything. I remember... I remember going to the mall, and so this is Julie. Let me tell you how old I am. There used to be a store called Radio Shack, and there'd be other stores that sold televisions, and you'd walk through the mall, and there would be TVs on display in the window. You know I've been to a Radio Shack, right? Okay, I'm just making sure, all right? And so when you would walk through the mall, you couldn't even hear the music. You could just see the TVs because they would show you the great picture on the TVs. When this video came on, you stood behind glass just to watch the video and the music wasn't there because unlike now you had to wait for your video to come on when MTV back when MTV played music which I know you don't remember I know about MTV okay you know about MTV you just don't remember when they played music that's fine maybe okay all right anyway sorry about the walk down memory lane happy Halloween everyone let us talk about the tragedy of the US border to our south I talked about the optics of this and how bad these optics are and the optics here could not be worse for this administration. And I think we've all seen things and thought how they can't possibly think that's a good idea. The optics are terrible. The president of the United States is accusing Arizona of trespassing by building barriers at the border. So um, the reason why I'm laughing at this is because it's an, it's it's a failure. Why would you as the president of the United States bring more attention to the border than is already on the border right now, especially when the only action it looks like you're going to take is against a border governor that is trying to shore up the border in his state in places where he can to stop what's happening at the border. I, I don't I really don't understand it. And so the, the administration is now speaking out about what's happened at the border. And uh, the Biden administration continues to demand Ducey remove barriers with claims that the state is trespassing on federal land. The unauthorized placement of those containers constitutes a violation of federal law and is a trespass against the United States. That's Jacqueline Gould, the regional director of the Bureau of Reclamation, a lower Colorado basin that was said in a letter. The trespass is harming federal lands and resources and impeding reclamation ability to perform reclamation's ability to perform its mission. Well, I would say with all due respect, 
if Reclamations was actually completing its mission, we wouldn't have had to build those barriers there. It is fascinating to me that people say barriers don't do any good, but it's somehow damaging the wildlife. I will tell you that Arizona, just like Texas, is in a very desperate situation in Southern California. But Southern California has a double barrier, by the way, a double barrier in place that was installed. Let's be fair here. The double barrier at in Southern California was installed and approved during the Clinton administration, just to be historically accurate. Um, the people of the United States deserve a secure border. We've seen so many people coming here on the terror watch list. I understand the plight of people that want a better life. There's another story here in the stack about Afghan refugees, Afghan escapees that escaped Afghanistan because they were U.S. sympathizers when the U.S. was there. And we pulled out of Afghanistan, whether Trump started it or, or Biden started it or whatever, whatever your views are, there were people that had to escape Afghanistan because their lives were in danger when the Taliban moved back in, that we were going to see big trouble. They knew their lives were in danger, so they had to leave. They still are without status in the U.S. They are still awaiting refuge in the United States. We are seeing nothing but failure at the southern border. I remember all of the uh, the um, separated families that we heard about and how those separated families were a disaster in the Biden administration. How many of those families have been rejoined? How many of them? It has been an abysmal failure. Why would this administration what, – what would enter their minds? You want to say it's stupid? That's what I would do. Listen, if I were them – If I were the administration, um, I would be saying to the American people, there's your border plan from Republicans. All these people that say they've got a plan to fix the border. There's their plan. Bussing and flying people all over the country and putting up structures like shipping containers to try to stop people. That's it. That's what they're doing. So you like what you want. What are the Republicans going to do on the border? Take a look. That's what it looks like. It's dumb, it's ineffective, and it's propaganda, and I would leave it alone. But instead, you're going out and saying it's trespassing. Well, I would say to you, with all due respect to anybody in the administration, there's a couple of, hundred, there's a couple of million people in the last year that are trespassing in the U.S. At least 2.7 million people, not including the gotaways, that have crossed our border and are trespassing. You don't seem to have a problem with them. And that's the message from the other side. When you talk about the fentanyl that crosses the border, there was another story that the majority of fentanyl, to fact check, the majority of fentanyl is being brought in by U.S. citizens, but it's being brought across the border at points of entry and not in these other areas. And I thought, how is that a defense? How is that a defense? It is still being manufactured and trucked into the U.S., and it's not being stopped. And it's not being stopped because our border protection agents, whether it's actually CBP or it's ICE agents, are overwhelmed with other areas. And they're playing whack-a-mole. Every time they shift the number of agents from one part of Texas into Arizona, then you see those people, those numbers go down in Arizona and they go back up in Texas and vice versa. This is the time of year where the weather is perfect and it's safer for people. You're not dying because of heat. Doesn't mean they're not dying. It just means they're not dying from the heat. And with all of this, every time the border is spoken about, the vice president has been absent. 
the vice president's done nothing about the border. Now, I, and I will give credit to the people that I've argued with on social media. I will give you credit because the argument used to be she is doing stuff behind the scenes. They're not going to say everything they're doing, but they're doing something and they're doing a lot of it behind the scenes. They said they're going to work with some of these nations and try to fix their economy so people won't come here. I'll give you credit. You've at least stopped that argument. You've at least left it alone. People on Twitter are smart enough not to argue about the border. People on Twitter are smart enough not to argue about the border. And this administration is bringing more attention to it by demonizing people that are trying to do something for their state because the federal government is not. It is, it is an optics nightmare. And they just keep doing it. There is a reason, and we're going to talk about this obviously as we move forward. There is a reason why former President Obama is coming to Arizona in a last-ditch effort to help Katie Hobbs and Mark Kelly, and it isn't the president of the United States. President Biden is not coming here, and that's an intentional move, and it's the abysmal performance so far. The Supreme Court has uh, is considering banning affirmative action for college entry. We're going to talk about is it time to end affirmative action or is this still necessary for fairness in education? We'll talk about that coming up in just a moment. I was working in the lab late one night when my eyes beheld an eerie sight. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. He did the monster match. The monster match. It was a graveyard. Happy Halloween from the Mike Broomhead Show. And and again, uh, I know it doesn't need to be said. I guess it does. Take it easy tonight. If you're driving around, there are going to be kids out. Just drive slow, extra slow. Um, give them a break in the neighborhoods. Make sure it's a safe Halloween for people. Parents, as always, be diligent with your kids. Last thing we want to hear are sad stories on a time when kids are out having fun. This is, uh, like I guess, post-COVID, the first big Halloween since. So let's, uh, let's make sure it's a great one. Topic here is a very serious one. What's at stake is the Supreme Court considers banning race and college admissions and basic fairness. Um, there are a couple of things to be talked about here. There was a time in our country when we um, we uh, made sure that we integrated our schools. We the desegregation happened, and we made sure that we did this. There was a time in our country when when um, civil rights activists were uh, clamoring and, and making sure that children of color had access to a higher education where they didn't before. And uh, we seem to, in my mind anyway, we have gotten so backwards on this, and it is it is concerning or confusing to me, I should say, because I don't understand it, and I, I you know maybe. Maybe it, it, it is my race in this case. I don't know. But I don't understand how anyone that is a student of the civil rights movement – this has nothing to do with what I'm about this topic, but what we're seeing on college campuses today. I don't understand after everything that the civil rights movement endured. When you go back and read the actual history of the civil rights movement, and there were people of all races, but especially the black civil rights leaders. Of, and we've talked about the death of Medgar Evers. We've talked about the death of Martin Luther King Jr. and other civil rights leaders that literally were murdered because of their stance on equal rights for people of color and how they fought and fought and fought to desegregate college campuses so that black students had a, had a right to a higher education, how today in the 21st century we have black students asking for segregation. 
I, it, I just don't know if they haven't talked to their grandparents or if the attitude I don't I don't know where the shift comes from. I really don't understand where it comes from. Um, the idea, though, that we are going to continue in this country to say that if you are a person of, of color, if you're someone that is non-white, that you have to score you, – you can score lower on a test and still be moved to the front of the line, maybe anti um, – it might be going against the goal. There was a time in this country where we wanted to make sure that we had a fair representation in all of our government jobs and our schools and everything else. And I agree with that wholeheartedly. But is it fair to say now in the 21st century, this deep into the 21st century, that if you are a student that is Caucasian and you have a higher score and you've worked harder and you've gotten went and joined the clubs and you have a resume to get into a college, that they are going to use the color of your skin against you when it comes to entry into college because there was a time when we know when we have to acknowledge that we use the color of someone's skin against them to let them into college we understand that that happened but are we far enough past that time are we now at a time where black students Hispanic students have access to adequate education where they are on equal footing when it comes to getting into colleges. I'm not talking about paying for it. I'm not talking about affording it. I'm talking about aptitude and qualifying to get in. Is If we want true fairness in America, is it time to judge everybody without knowing their race or considering their race, judging everybody before we allow someone into school? And that's what the Supreme Court is going to take up. And I think it is. I think it is time. I, I, I've used my analogies of sports before, and I'll say it again. Would you say it would be fair? What What do you think would happen if Larry Fitzgerald was told he only had to know 80% of the playbook? If the black players on the Cardinals only had to know 80% of the playbook or at least score, they could score lower on a test and still be an accepted member of the team. I think we all would be outraged. I'm sure the players would be outraged that, you know, that they have the every bit the capabilities of learning the entire playbook. Well, I think it goes across the line. I think that we should accept people that are excel at something. And look what we've done when we truly have desegregated. When you look at sports and what they were able to do from Jackie Robinson and then desegregation of sports across the board, black athletes have flourished. Hispanic athletes have flourished. We have seen Asian athletes flourish in all of these formats and all of these different competitions. And when we truly desegregate and we hold people accountable for their ability and their work ethic, we see excellence. Is it time to do that in education? Would it make us more likely to be accepting of each other if there were no predetermined standards based on your race for entry into college. I would say absolutely. And I wonder what decisions they're going to come to in the Supreme Court. If the Supreme Court is going to decide that we have to stop using race as a as a gauge for who gets into college and who doesn't. It, it should matter what your grade point average is. It should matter what your SAT scores are. It should matter what clubs and civic organizations you join to show yourself to be a good citizen in qualifying for entry into college, qualifying for scholarships. All of that should be based on merit. It should not be on skin color. And I'm sure there's going to be arguments to the contrary, and I'd be interested to hear them. I just am am going on my experience in the workplace that when you are there because you deserve to be there, people accept you no matter what you look like.
So uh, that just should be interesting. Coming up just after 11, we go back to the polls. We will talk about the races here in Arizona and a former president that's coming to campaign for the Democrats. We'll talk about it next.